It's Ace. It's good, Ace. This is D. We're at the kickback again, episode nine. Yep. Uh, what's today? It's almost October. Right. It's the uh, 27th. 27th, yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, yeah, man. Uh, I'm glad we got in here a second time for the week. Right. Yeah, exactly. so trying to get this thing more consistent, get this train going. Mm-hmm. But uh, happy to be back. Yeah, man. Yeah, so I think we had on tap. Jumping straight into it, um, I think it's a topic both near and dear to our hearts. Right. Because it was a a memorable time to be a part of right. blog era rap. Exactly. Yeah. So, what is in your in your eyes, your mind? What is it when somebody says blog era, and why do people miss it so much? Right. I think to me, like the blog era rap, it was just kind of like a different way of consuming music. It was just a different type of music in general. So, like to me, the blog era is like when you wake up, like first thing in the morning, and you're chucking like the roots, two dope boys, all this other stuff for like different types of music, and you're always finding new stuff. All these sites are breaking new artists, and. Um, you know, you kind of just see a lot. That's when you began to start to see a bunch of people out of nowhere just start to kind of make their own wave. So. Okay. Yeah, and I think uh, I was like the blogs, but like forums. Exactly. The forums were like instrumental in breaking that too. Like, I know Nike Talk for me was like a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just like. Like us, the people, that was, we were like the media outlets for trying to find new talent and new artists. Which was kind of the first at that time, because not a lot of people before were kind of breaking themselves on like such a giant platform like the internet. Like you'll be on Nike Talk or Sneaker Play or something and you'll be friends with this person forever. And then they put out like a mixtape or an album and then it starts to just blow up from there. Um, And then you start to see them on these other blogs too. So it was just kind of like a beginning of the DIY kind of movement, so. Yeah, and who's like, I know for me, just naming some artists off the top. Actually, you know what, back up, back up. Before we name artists, what, like, I think, I guess I would consider from, like, bloggers, probably like, 08? Probably, I would say. Probably starting like 08 till about, I probably go as far as like twenty, maybe like twelve, thirteen. Twelve, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll probably say twenty twelve, twenty thirteen, because mm-hmm. I feel like it was a certain point where these major, there was like major media outlets that started to take away from. Mm-hmm. I mean, Complex is probably one of the biggest ones. They just, I mean, they're so huge. Right. And they started knowing how to spot or have the right talent scouts. Right. To right. get these, or, you know, and they just became, I mean, they're more than music now. So, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, I'd probably say like 2012, 2013. Right. Like right. a stopping point or halting point for this. It's um, kind of interesting that you brought up the complex thing, because to me, like for a while, until maybe more recently, I always felt that they were kind of like an in-between, right? Like, they were kind of in the streets with us, like, the, as far as like the like the, the blog site type of deal, where they were kind of like creating their own content and breaking their own artists, but then like they obviously have like a major corporate backing, because it's, you know, Mark Echo and all that other stuff too, so I don't know, it was kind of weird with complex, but... I think Complex is 
very good sometimes and very bad. So okay. like like it's it's like a very strong yin yang. And then they just hop on now. They're just they're just complex is more focused on whatever. If Kanye's the like breeze, yeah, he's he's going up on their site. Drake Drake sniffs. He's going up on the site. Rihanna. I don't know, whatever Rihanna does, she, yeah. I think that's kind of like one of the things about, cause like in the blog era, right? Everybody had like their own space and everybody was like good creating their own content. But now I feel like because stuff and information moves so fast, like the only way to really keep people's attention is if you do like reactionary stuff. So like if Rihanna does something and you see it on Twitter, then you get it on YouTube or whatever and you're looking for people who are talking about does it. does anything, she can just smile into the camera. Right, exactly, or not smile. So, or, or tweet a really awkward meme, not tweet, or she puts like an awkward meme up on her IG and yeah. everybody loses their shit. So um, just, that's kind of like just the main difference. Yeah, and also I think what was special about uh, the blog era was not every, I mean, knowledge and like sharing, I, I mean, that's good thing to I mean just a good thing to spread Mm -hmm. but you know the blog era it was like you really had to know like where to look this that was like the golden age I mean I wouldn't say the golden age of like music but that was when you know LimeWire and well maybe not so much LimeWire anymore but like I would say the the torrenting sites right yeah the tour yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. like mixtape torrent um, or you had to go on BitTorrent or Dapiff that was a big one yeah Yeah. it's like those sites are pretty much dead now because you can just get everything on demand right now with the I mean how the internet's evolved but you really just had to be in the know there was no like discovery algorithms on streaming or you know that was that was the era when if you knew good music, then you were getting asked like, "How do you get? How do you get your music?" Yeah. Like, so it was, yeah, that was I, that was a cool thing to look back on now. I think even at that point, because even though there was information out there, it was still a bit of a treasure hunt. Like you could almost look at somebody and tell that they were like into certain stuff. Like back in like two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine, like, you saw somebody who had like the SBs and you know Supreme and they were rocking all this other stuff that you can't go to the mall and find like obviously you know that they kind of have uh, a pretty good insight on finding dope stuff not saying that that's the only stuff that was dope at that time but like you can kind of almost like sense their energy on some like bleach type stuff right like you just when you walk into a room you like you already know that you guys are on the same wave and I feel like that's the way now because now everybody is trying to look similar and trying to do stuff similar because the algorithms are going to carry a lot of the content. So it used to be like, I mean, for I guess it's still the same now, but I guess the mindset was to be, you know, try to be different. Exactly. But then everybody started looking the same, but now everybody's trying to do the same thing mm-hmm. because that's what's going to pop. Like, I'll give you an example, because we're both from Florida originally. That's um, an area where, like, Jordan was king, and then there was, like, a certain sound was was king at that time. So, like, as a kid that was in high school, I was, like, in 10th, 11th grade, and I was coming to school with, like, uh, all these SBs and all this other stuff that, you know, was kind of more dear to me. And then I also had, like, a different... Uh, like outlet or I had a different eye for other music that was out too so that way when I would run into people 
they'd be like, damn, dude, where do you where do you find out all about this stuff? And it just kind of made it a little more interesting to mix it up that way. So. But, uh, you, I guess you think it's, I think you're making a good point. Is it gonna, is that feel gonna come back? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. Just the way like the internet works now. Yeah. It's just like, if something comes, if something pops or comes out, and it's perceived as, you know, cool, it's gonna go viral, and then instantly, like, everybody, you're gonna know about it. Right. Not instantly, but maybe, it might take like a week or two, but you know, mm-hmm. it's, I don't know, it's very rare, like, people come out of the dark, like, come out of the blue, like, out of nowhere, like the blogger. Right, it, right. You know, somebody knew something about it now, or that's how it happens now. Right. So. And I think now, like, kind of what you're talking about, because I, I feel like that right now, because we're such an algorithm-based era that once, like, people are starting to find value in kind of, like, finding stuff offline. So I'll give you an example. Like, with sneaker releases now, they're to the point where if you are not physically in a certain place, then you just can't get them. So it's kind of like back in the day where if you didn't know certain website was dropping something then you just missed out and I feel like it's getting ready to go back to that and that kind of reinvigorates that that hunt right and I think that's what made the blog era so interesting is because there wasn't really a rule book yet um I would say with the not to get off topic yeah at that but that was that's even annoying with like the sneak it is kind of annoying with the sneaker now because like Take sneakers for example. You gotta be in New. You have to live in New York, Chicago, mm. or L.A. You know, for that geo, whatever the whatever that thing is called. Right. You know, and that's not everybody can be at that place at one time. Not everybody's gonna know. Right. You know? But I think that's why it's like important to be out in your own area and build your scene up, so that way it becomes like a major hub, kind of like because New York and LA and all that other stuff they've already established themselves. But then I think it's also dope when um, a scene builds up out of nowhere, like kind of like in the blog era where like you saw uh, different phases of like Chicago. So it was like the drill rap, and then you had like Chance and all this other stuff happen, and then people started to pay attention to Chicago again, and. Like it started to become the center of a lot of different, uh, different kind of creative, you know, things going on. So, um, like I know for me, that shit sucks too. Because sometimes DC doesn't get everything. Like with the DBZ release, dang, that's yeah. only, that's only in the like the three major cities, right? But like, that's also what makes it valuable to be able to get to that item. It's not like you would walk into like a mall and everybody would have it right it mm-hmm. becomes the, it starts to have value for the what yeah, content yeah. for it exactly so. um alright so I just could throw out some names mm-hmm. throw out some names of the past artists or these artists are still you know they still have a wave yeah um currency yeah I think he was probably like one of the Pinnacle blog era artists like him and Wiz, they did really well in that era, and they still have a bit of staying power now. 
So I think they have a lot of staying power. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Wiz, obviously, he went more mainstream. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think I think everybody knows current, like, most, I'm not going to say everybody, most people know who Currency is. Right, exactly. It was kind of, I was actually just watching, uh, our Currency actually just posted a, a picture of Wayne, him and Wayne and I went back and looked at the Word of Cash Up video. That's like the first oh, that song was like when I first got introduced to Currency and I never stopped being a fan of them. Yeah. But that wasn't that was before the blog era. Right. That, that was, was like that was like oh five, oh six. Right. Yeah. And that was like if you hear if you hear the way like he raps on that versus the way he started to rap going, I mean, towards the blog era. Like, the way Where to Cash At was very, for that time, mm-hmm. I would consider that like pop, like rap, though, just the way right. it was more like, I guess, gritty gangster. but even he admits like he wasn't doing like- yeah, he was on that, that cool shit. Yeah. Was, like, once he got to the, once it was like 08, 09, or after he split from Cash Money, or, mm-hmm. you know, like Cash Money, but. Right. Yeah, so I think Currency's uh, done a very good job of I mean, he's stayed himself, but just always putting in work, putting out material. Quality material. Yeah, staying relevant. Like, mm-hmm. his beats, I never heard him rap on a bad beat before. Right, right. So, um, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's one of my favorite rappers. Right. I think it's kind of interesting, like, the work ethic from people that came out in that era, too, because, and not to, not to say anything about the people who were working in the era beforehand, but like a lot of people who are work, who came out in that era are so used to working with less and creating like the same tier of music or the same quality of music. And then they're also doing it so frequently because it's, it's just right there. Like Currency, he'll drop like maybe like five or six albums in a year, which is insane. Like that's like something that Max B would do like back in the day where, you know, he was just dropping next tapes like, all the time, 20, 20 new songs on there. Like, this is unheard of. I think it, for artists like Currency, that people actually like pay attention or he has like legit stands. Mm-hmm. I think now with the streaming, I think it benefits him or those kind of rappers more because at least you can get paid off of, you know, mm-hmm. off of the streams and not just get paid off of your tours or whatever, which. Right. That's a big thing, but uh, I was also gonna point. I was gonna say like the blog, like this blogger that we're talking about. It was uh, <laughs> it was like a partnership. Like for some rappers, like were kind of synonymous for being in certain brands. Like I, mean, I know we kind of talked about this in episodes before, but just like you know, currency like. There was there's earlier videos of him getting sent like DC shoes or right. di- or diamond was like he was always in diamond mm-hmm. ten deep crooks and castles like right. you know Kid Cudi that was ten deep yeah and then you had cool kids they had like all of the, the the stuff that you couldn't find like the, the mid condition starter snapbacks with a green bill under it and all of those like stuff. And they could have started round two before round two came facts. Like, I've never seen, and that's one of the things, like, when I was a JIT, or when I was, for those who don't know, JIT is, like, when you were a young, a youngin. But, um, yeah, like, when I was younger, I always used to see, like, 
like Chuck and Mikey and even like going back a little further, like Lupe, who kind of started that wave a little bit, I would say. Like they would always have like these shoes that you just couldn't get. Like you just either had to know a guy who knew a guy who had them or you had to be there at that time. So like they had like all these mid condition, like OG sneakers with the Nike Air on the back. And like as a gem, I was like, damn, I've never seen that before. So they just kind of came at it from like a completely different perspective than what everybody else was doing at that time. Yeah, I think that was something unique about the blogger too, just like bringing, or I mean, even going deeper, the cool cause just like bringing the, the 90s like back and making it like cool. Mm. And it kind of just, I mean, the way they dressed was unique for the time, but just the way, you know, Chuck was making the sounds, yeah. it just fit right, right in. Like, I think a lot of the sounds that he originally started using was kind of like in the same way that Pharrell was developing his sounds, was like sounds like he was actually making himself and then like actually changing up like the pitch of the sound and doing all this other stuff to it, which I thought was interesting. Because um, you usually don't see people do that. They usually just use like whatever stock sounds are in on the internet. And that's why his, like, you could play me like 200 beats, but I can tell you like any beat that's like a chunk beat because he was like very distinct in his style. Mm-hmm. So one of the ones that's kind of like interesting to me was like Don Kennedy. Like whenever I was like 16, I was like the biggest Don Kennedy fan. And I think it was tight because he just kind of started as like, what to me from being in Florida, right? He just started as like a random that was on like Nike talk and and the what did you wear thread, like he would always be like posting shit. So that's like where I saw him the most. But then uh, shout out to my homie Denzel, AKA 2D. Uh, he put me on him too. Yeah. yeah. So he, he posted in the what are you listening to thread. Don Kennedy posted 25th hour in there. And I, I did skip past it, but then my homie Denzel, he actually was like, yo, this is actually really good. And then, like, listening to 25th Hour in 2008 was so different from all the stuff that was out right then. And it just provided, like, the ultimate vibe. Like, if you're about to go home and hang out with the homies, or you're about to, you know, go hang out with this girl, or if you're just about to cop some fly stuff and they just play 2K, like, he just, it just soundtracked everything so well. They look, like, Dom, I feel like he just made, he was very relatable to a lot of people and he wasn't you didn't really have to go back and try to dissect what he was saying yeah which i mean works for some people or it doesn't work for others it depends on how you're rapping but yeah like beat selection production always a one so right i yeah like denzel put me on him too i think he uh he first showed me um from the West Side of Love. That was a that was the first one he Such showed me. Album. Yeah. But yeah, like it was. Yeah. He came pretty late. Like he came pretty late in the blog era too. Yeah. Because I was probably like a like a junior or something when I when he first. Right. I think yeah. that's when he put out. Because I think the first album was Future Street Drum Sounds, where he had the intro where he's talking about laying out the fit for the next day whenever mm-hmm. you get like a real clean fit I don't know like I think that's what I liked about Dom because a lot of rap whenever I was growing up because I had to go back and listen to a lot of the stuff in the 90s uh, but a lot of the stuff that was out at the time was just not really super relatable because um, 
it was basically the young money era, right? So I'm always looking at these dudes who are older and they just have all this money, all this money. I'm like, dude, I'm in high school. Like, I don't really, I can't really relate to this. Yeah, exactly. So, but like, Dom would talk about, oh, I'm just basically going to chill with the homies. And, you know, he has clothes that kind of look like ours. Like, he's not wearing like, He's not wearing like designer. He's wearing like he might street, some, uh, street. Uh, he was, yeah, it's all street wear. He might be having like he might have like a, a Gucci wallet or like Gucci socks on, but then he's wearing like Jordans, hooping shorts, and then a snapback. Just like he probably had the he probably had the LV uh, the coin purse or some shit like that. Oh, sure. That <laughs> I never got one of those. That's like the the 2018 side bag or like the 20, 2009 like side bag. Like you know how everybody has like that like the Supreme side bag now. Yeah, that's like. Pretty much at that time. Yeah. But, yeah. Shout out to Dom K though. I know he he's he's had some rough bumps, but like yeah. He's no, he's got he's got classics. Yellow I'm still like. Yeah, I was I just played that album the other. Day. It's like per. I don't, he, he's perfect. That that shit's perfect. Yeah, I think to me like future street drug sounds and then Westside from the Westside would love one and two will be like forever like monumental to me because I just remember being in Florida and like when I first got my car that was like one of the first albums that I played and I'm like driving on a uh, beach and when it starts to have that beautiful like sunset you get that playing in the background honestly like listening to his music and I'll probably say Overdose too they wanted they made me want to like want to live out in Cali just the way their right, music exactly. yeah just the way their music sounded um mm. But yes, oh, Dom had another like mixtape too. Uh, I think it was under the radar. It was called. Remember the one? It was called original. The original Dom Kennedy. Yeah. It had every song had like a different cover art. Right, right, right. Yeah. That that one was really good. That's a classic. Yeah. So. So. Yeah. But uh, I'm throwing another name out there. Damn. There's a lot of stuff that came out from the West, and it, it's funny because like the West had such a strong showing during that that time. And it was all like right before Kendrick too. Like Kendrick came in at like the real, like that end of the blog era. Um, but like you had like Dom, you had Pac Div, oh, wow. you had Overdose. Uh, I'm trying to think of some others. You had Tyron, Aomari. Like there's just a whole bunch. And the thing that was dope is that you would see like on the blogs that these dudes were just generally cool with each other. They just generally like hung out and. They just really mess with each other. Um, we'll throw another name out real quick. Yeah. Wale. Yeah. Honestly, man, I like Wale a lot, man. Like, he seems like a really, like, really, really chill dude, and I think it was dope because I was, like, back and forth between, like, the D.C. area at the time. Mm-hmm. So a lot of stuff that he was rapping that was, like, relatable. Like, a lot of people were wearing, like, the ACGs and the phones and a lot of other good stuff, too. So, like... I was like, I don't know. It kind of felt like a like a hometown type of thing. He was always he was on Nike Talk too. I remember him seeing him on Nike Talk. Yeah. But he always had. I mean, I think everybody knows like he's known for just having like a crazy ass shoe game. Yeah. Exactly. And still to this day. Yeah. Like probably like top five. He's. I mean, definitely top five. Mm-hmm. But. uh yeah, I mean, even just living in Florida, I was in Florida at the time when I first started hearing them. And I had some friends that, you know, introduced me there from Baltimore originally. Mm. But just, he was another guy. I mean, he was, he went kind of, I don't know, 
play political terms, you know how you go left, right, right, right. or whatever. But he was on the other side of the fence. He was on the other side of the fence because yeah. the way he rapped, it was more like geared towards like being a poet, right. kind of, and that was something unique. Mm. I mean, he had a lot of rare, he had a lot of rare shit, but, you know, mm-hmm. we all wanted to have the, the shoes like him, too. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I think he's another person that's going to, when you talk about blogger, you got to talk about him. Yeah. Um, and I think also in the same vein, even though they kind of, they ended up having beef later on, which I kind of hate, but uh, Cuddy also was coming out about the same time, too, as Wale. And, um like kind of like at the same time where like cool kids and Drake and all that more getting popular like Cuddy was like right there um and then he had like really really fire tapes that are out um I forgot there's one that he did with Glenn Infinite he did the cover art for it and I can't remember the name of it is that the dude uh, that did uh I Love the Hype yeah love that. man hey I have that uh I wore that shirt for a while. It was a shirt he did with Wale. Yeah. With um, Rocky on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had that for a while. Shout so um, out to Glenn. That kid from Cleveland was like the first Cuddy tape that I had, and I played the shit out of that. And then uh, I had to come around to a kid named Cle- a kid from Cleveland. Like that had to grow on me, honestly, which is like backwards because usually everybody got it in the reverse order. But uh, I was, for me, it was. Uh, the first one I heard was Kid Named Cuddy. Yeah. yeah. And I was, that's still like one of them, it's like a top mixtape for me. It's great. And that was a partnership with Tendeep too. Yeah. See, that's another thing that you started to see is like, like rappers were always wearing like all these different brands, but then you would see a lot of these brands that were like on the come up at the same time as these artists and they were kind of doing like these really dope little partnerships. So like outside of just like, I don't know, like throwing parties, like they would do like, like mixtapes or they're do like music videos they're sponsored by like different clothing brands and stuff which isn't a new thing but like it was just really dope to see kind of like the beginning of a brand and the beginning of an artist and being able to track that in like a moment in time you could say that for uh, Wiz too yeah just like I mean he I don't think he was signed by uh at the time, like when he started, there's no way he was signed by Converse, but mm-hmm. always saying like Taylor Game. Yeah. I think he finally did get like, you know, put on with them, but mm-hmm. and it's just another example. Yeah. And I think yeah, you definitely go like on and on about different people that were a part of this special time. I think for I mean a lot of people our age, like you know like the 90s is like an era like that's I mean we had to go back and listen to that stuff or we heard it we heard it while we were younger but couldn't really like grasp grasp it what was going on at the time Mm -hmm. but you know I'll be able to say like this is my this is like my era like this is this is what made me yeah you know what I'm saying so I think like all in all, before we like even get close to wrapping this up, I think without pointing out the impact of like Lil B uh, and blog rap or just rap in general, I think we would be doing a huge disservice. Cause like, I think realistically, 
everybody likes to say that like Wayne and, and Chief Keefer are like the most influential in the last 10 years, I actually think that Lil B is probably the most influential rapper. Like if I were to pick one, I think Lil B probably was. Uh, just for the fact that even even during the blog era where there's so many different like avenues that people were playing now instead of just like oh uh, you do the thug or thug stuff or the R&B stuff Lil B went like super left like he wasn't even going in the same roundabout direction as a lot of the other artists but then he still uh, has like a cult following that like still loves his music to this day and his sound was like so challenging and I think it kind of set up a lot of the what you would call like SoundCloud era artists to be able to kind of build off of that um, and just for him going from a huge departure from like the sound that he had with the pack to like when he put out six kits like that wasn't actually that long of a time but it was like a completely different thing altogether yeah so and then of course all the flames red flame blue whatever crazy yeah hoop life all fire I was gonna say this is not really blogger but I mean I guess we can wrap that up but it's funny you say Lil B cause I wanted to name somebody else very influential that I don't think he gets enough credit I mean I think he's done a disservice to himself the way like some of the music he's put out and the way he's acted like on the internet mm-hmm. But Soldier Boy. Yeah, I think that in hindsight, right? Because by, by by the time that like Soldier Boy had came out, I was already into like the forms and stuff. Like I was already on like sneaker play and Nike top, like really heavy. So all of the older guys were like, "This shit's corny." So I was like, "Oh, I guess this shit's corny." But like in hindsight, Soldier Boy was kind of like ahead of the curve on a lot of stuff. Um, when it comes to marketing yourself on the internet, uh, putting out your music online specifically, um, he was kind of like the first one on that, and at such a young age too. Yeah, it was because that was that was at a time where music was kind of like Soldier Boy. What did he come out at? Like maybe like oh five, oh six, oh five, oh six. I don't even think I was in high school. So I don't know. That was like a. I feel like that was like one of the worst times of hip hop, honestly. Mm. Yeah, I was in like middle school. But that was like one of the worst times of hip hop because it was very top, it was very top heavy. Mm. Yeah. Um, he was like Lil Wayne, Kanye. You had other, there was other like rappers, but I feel like it was, you were either on the radio or it was a bus right. at that time. So, but for him, like, just like the, like, when you think about like going like viral or whatnot, like right. that's like the he first. He went viral before it was even like coined a term. Viral with the music, the ringtones. Oh shit. The, the dance, I mean the dances, like you could say like at the time you could have said, oh, the dances were corny. And I know that was like where a lot of like dance rap was coming out, but I mean, right. hip hop is like built on dancing. So um, right. I don't get that, but. Uh, yeah, just what else was I was gonna say. Then like, you could say the ant. I mean, the antics too. Like a lot of stuff like people are doing today. Like right. he was doing that back then. This is true. Yeah. So I don't know, man. Like I think that's that's another. I mean, I know they rap together too. Will be a soldier boy, but yeah. Yeah. Also, one more. There's no way we can't talk about them since we're from Florida. But like 
Raider clan space goes purple then I think that uh, they don't get enough credit for what they've done especially because at the time and who they were next to during the blog era like they were kind of like one of the people who met up with like the ASAP mob like really early and kind of helped I wouldn't say they shaped like their direction or whatever because that's that's all up to yams RIP yams but um, I feel like when they were working together they, they built a lot off of each other yeah um, so ASAP and Raider Clan really because they they came and they brought back like that whole 3-6 type of sound like that uh, really hypnotic music that is also very prevalent to this day um, that's like so super influential which was completely out of pocket at that time yeah so. I still remember the uh, I think I said this on others I still remember that the first time I heard like Purple Swag I was like what the fuck is yeah, this yeah like, Purple Swag was like shout out to Denzel man because he put me yeah yeah. That is, <laughs> yeah he gave me like this CD that's it. it just had swag like written all over it shouts out to back in that time where everybody was still finding all the music and then just writing like random songs on the CDs and then you just like pull up the CD and just have like all of these random ass bangers on there but like the CD looks like shit because everything's smeared on it hey man as long as shit playing banging the whip that's it right um but yeah I think that was a pretty decent episode mm-hmm. um yeah, talked about a lot appreciate the talk blogger yeah. I think this one's gonna be really good uh once we get done and so 